0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as an inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. May this be a house where you can bring your whole self, There are people who have had to live in the shadows for many years because their gender identity challenges society's norms. They are transgender people. Today we honor their presence in the world on this International Transgender Day of Visibility, TDOV, an annual day of recognition celebrated around the world on March 31st. The TDOV is a much needed day of empowerment Celebrating the TDOV is a way to understand more fully that gender is not binary but is a spectrum and that human diversity is not to be feared or ridiculed or destroyed. The TDOV affirms that transgender people bring richness and depth to life and have gifts and wisdom to offer us. So today is dedicated to celebrating the accomplishments and victories of transgender and gender expansive people while simultaneously raising awareness of the work that is still needed to combat discrimination and violence and providing much needed visibility to transgender people. A poet who calls themselves Wandering Fears writes, visibility is videos, images, representations. Visibility is one day of the year. Thousands of voices singing, making ourselves known through the stories on the media, rising up in hope and pride and strength. As Unitarian Universalists, we believe that every human being has worth and dignity, and that worth includes our gender and our sexuality. We not only open our doors to people of all sexual orientations and gender identities, we value diversity of sexuality and gender and see it as a spiritual gift. In a world that would destroy LGBTQ plus lives, we seek to be an oasis, a place of shelter and safety, an inclusive religious community where we work for LGBTQ justice and equality, equity, as a core part of who we are. Together, we work to be a home where we can say to everyone who comes through our doors, all of who you are is sacred. All of who you are is welcome. In the spirit of inclusiveness and welcome, come, let us worship together.
1: Our time for all ages this morning is based on a picture book by Michael Rosen called This Is Our House. And it is about how As many of you will remember, um, the playground was the first place we learned how to be together and how to be welcoming to each other. And so some of our youth have agreed to put on a wonderful little skit for you, which you will definitely enjoy. It's the Curis family, Abby, Brady, and Claire, and the Rome family, Raylan and Evian. George was in the house.
2: Your house, George, it belongs to everybody. No, it doesn't. This house is
1: all for me. Charlene and Marlene went for a walk over to the swings.
0: It's not George's house, is it? Of course it isn't.
1: Charlene and Marlene looked in through the windows of the house.
2: Not your house, George, and we are coming in. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. This house
1: Rashida was walking past with her Rabbity. I'm
2: coming to put Rabbity to bed. Oh no, you're not. We're talking for small people like you.
1: Rashida took Rabbity for a ride in the car instead.
3: <laughs>
1: it crashed. Charlene and Marlene mended the front wheel. Rashida said, George won't let Rabbity in the house. <laughs> Charlene and Marlene, Rashida, and Rabbity headed straight back toward the house.
2: Stop right there. Charlene. You to mend the fridge. Oh, no, you're not. This house is for (sighs) twins.
1: Rashida had a jumbo jet. She was flying her jumbo jet, and it landed right in... The house.
2: <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs>
1: she went to fetch it. Where do you think you're going? Flat 505's crash am coming in for the rescue of Firefire. Wee hoop! Emma's coming in here. Calling Dr. Sophie. Calling Dr. Sophie.
0: Doctor, leave it
1: to me. Rashida pushed past all the crowds of people. <laughs> make. Rashida said, make way for the doctor. Yeah,
2: make way for, make way for the doctor. We're coming in. Oh, no, you're not. have are not for big people.
1: It was getting quite noisy around the house now. And it was hot. Ah, hot. And George wanted to go to the restroom.
2: I'm going to leave my house now and no one can go in it, while I'm gone.
1: George went to the bathroom. Lindy, Charlene, Marlene, Sophie, Rabbity, and Rashida went straight into the house. George came back. There was no room for George. This
2: house isn't full of people with glasses. Come on!
1: George began to shout. George began to cry. George began to stomp his feet and kick the wall. Then, George had a realization.
2: This house is for people of color, and for girls, and for people, and these
1: people, 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 and twins. Because... This house
2: is for everybody!
3: Spirit of life and of love, God of our understanding, you in which we share and find strength and common purpose, We turn our minds and hearts toward one another as we hold in this circle of care and concern all who need our love and support, those we've named in this time of remembrance, those who are in our hearts and thoughts, all who are ill, those in pain either in body or spirit, those who struggle with addiction, those who are lonely, those who grieve, the victims of any kind of abuse, we pray for them. We pray for ourselves, too, that we would be grateful for the many blessings we receive each and every day and live lives of joy, generosity, and kindness. Help us to live fully this life we have been given, to treat each and every moment as a rare and precious treasure, to worship what is of true worth, to practice radical hospitality by welcoming the stranger, to speak the truth as we know it, and to join in the struggle for justice and peace in our world. On this Transgender Day of Visibility, we pray for transgender people, especially those who suffer from discrimination, homelessness, despair, or violence, or remain in life's shadows held back by fear or the possibility of rejection. May we be faithful allies working so that the world welcomes your gifts and your wisdom and allows you to be your true self. Help all of us to feel the heartbeat of life itself, and to find wonder and awe in both the struggle and the beauty of life, to remember we are connected in mystery and miracle to one another and all of creation, to care for this fragile planet and work for the well-being of every creature, to affirm life, and to walk upon this earth in gentleness and reverence. May it be so, and amen.
0: Our first reading is by Alex Capitan, and it's called On Transgender Day of Visibility. Alex Capitan is a transgender and queer faith-based anti-oppression activist, organizer, and educator, and a co-leader of the Transforming Hearts Collective, which helps faith communities practice radical inclusion and supports queer and trans folk in accessing religion and spirituality. Alex is also on the steering committee of T-R-U-U-S-T, Trust, an organization of Unitarian universalist trans religious professionals. And these are Alex's words. On this transgender day of visibility, I am praying for more visibility for the infinite manifestations of gender. I am bone deep tired of encountering non-binary people who feel not trans enough to call themselves trans, or who are weighed down by the mainstream mythology that being trans means you have to be binary identified, or you have to medically transition or want to, or you have to have dysphoria, or you have to be gender non-conforming. I'm tired of the worn out falsehood, falsehoods that trans women aren't women and trans men aren't men, a falsehood that particularly stings when it comes from lesbian, gay, and bi folks. I am tired of non-binary people who lack understanding of binary trans people. Binary trans people who lack understanding of non-binary trans people. Young or newly out binary and non-trans people, non-binary trans people, who lack understanding of older binary and non-binary trans people, white trans people who lack understanding of trans folk of color, academic trans people who lack understanding of trans folk who are on the streets or locked up, US trans folk who lack understanding of trans folk everywhere else in the world, and all of whom hold judgments and assumptions based on this lack of understanding. Our enemy is not each other. In the words of Reverend T. Soto, all of us need all of us to survive. I see you. You who don't feel trans enough to call yourself trans. You who owned your truth in 1942 in the only ways available to you at the time. You who don't know who you are but know who you aren't. You who are three years old and know exactly who you are. You who just want to blend. You who can't stand the thought of blending. You who never get perceived as who you perceive yourself to be. You who always do. You who have to compromise pieces of yourself in order to survive. You for whom life is a transition. You who are visible for so many different reasons. And you who are not for so many different reasons. I see you. You are holy and whole and real. Second reading is from Joy Ladin, it's called Survival Guide. Joy Ladin is an American poet and the David and Ruth Godisman Chair in English at Stern College for Women in Yeshiva University. She is the first openly transgender professor professor at an orthodox Jewish institution. And here's what she says. No matter how old you are, it helps to be young when you're coming to life, to be unfinished, a mysterious statement, a journey from star to star. So break out a box of crayons and draw your family looking uncomfortably away from them you've exchanged for the mannequin they named. You should help clean up, but you're so busy being afraid to love or not, you're missing the fun of clothing yourself in the embarrassment of life. Frost your lids with midnight. Lid your heart with frost. Rub them all over the hormones that regulate the production of love from karmic garbage dumps. Turn yourself into the real you, You can only discover by being other. Voila, you're free.
3: This service was going a different direction, but when I learned that March 31st of each year is a transgender day of visibility, I chose to center transgender voices. So today is a day to celebrate the accomplishments and victories of transgender and gender expansive people raise awareness of the work needed to combat discrimination and violence, provide much needed visibility to transgender people, and reflect on our journey as a denomination and a congregation toward creating a spiritual oasis where everyone, especially GLBTQ people, are included and safe. This is such important work because to be transgender or for the matter, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, genderqueer, or non-binary, is dangerous. Those of us who identify as one or more of these are at higher risk for discrimination, being beaten or killed, denied medical care, or ostracized from society, not to mention the toll it takes on our emotional well-being. Jalen Pamela Scott, a UU and Buddhist community minister, says, for many trans and gender non-conforming people, the days of our lives are often marked by anxiety, shakiness and fear. For many of us, it feels as if we are flailing about, overwhelmed with the tasks of transition, and forced to put on an armor of confidence in order to survive. Fragile and unsure, we struggle to continually show strength in the face of violence and hate. Organized religion has often played a role in creating a world that is not safe for LGBTQ people. Most recently, the United Methodist Church met in a special conference to decide whether LGBTQ people should be allowed to marry or be ordained as clergy. The vote was to affirm the church's current bans on ordaining LGBTQ clergy and officiating at or hosting marriage equality ceremonies, sending a message that if you're LGBTQ, your gifts, your authentic selves are not welcome in their ministry, and your love is not valid either. It is highly possible that the United Methodists will be united no longer if American Methodist congregations choose to split off from the denomination over this issue. Of course, such splits never happen in the Protestant faith, (laughs) other than the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the Episcopalians, the Baptists. Western culture's understanding of gender based on a binary norm of male and female comes from our Judeo-Christian heritage. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, it says male and female God created them. For the ancient Jewish people, a small group of nomads, whose survival depended on clear gender roles and the need to reproduce, this narrative was interpreted as binary. The binary norm, though, turns out to be only one interpretation of that passage and it's not universal in human culture. Recent scholarship suggests that the male and female spoken of in Genesis are the ends of a spectrum of gender identity. Classical Judaism recognizes six different human genders. The Bible speaks of angels as having no gender whatsoever. A gender spectrum is also affirmed by Native American societies who prior to initial contact with white European culture Acknowledge anywhere from three to five gender roles. There are cultures across the world that recognize more than two genders. Today, as science and culture evolves, bringing new understandings of life's complexity... ...there is a gender revolution underway. But there are still some highly intolerant and strange ideas out there. In an article Thursday in The Root, which is a black progressive online magazine... It was reported that Dr. Paul Nathanson said during an interview with Laura Ingram that trans and non-binary movements have sprung up because feminists challenge the notion of gender, and this has evolved into the development of feminist ideology. In response, Ingram said, their goal ultimately is the destruction or elimination of the traditional family, is it not? No. Dr. Nathanson also said he believes transgender people have an agenda of destroying gender norms to create a new species that's part human and part machine. <laughs> the article's author, Jay Connor, replied, My only request is that when the trans community inevitably creates their invincible legion of transgender cyborgs, that they show no mercy on the conservatives who spoil their imminent reign. (laughs) And someone on Facebook was quick to correct Dr. Nathanson and I quote, that's transgender not transformer, you moron. (laughs) As Unitarian Universalists, we believe that every human being has inherent worth and dignity and that worth includes our gender and our sexuality. We not only open our doors to people of all sexual orientations and gender identities, we see life's diversity of sexuality and gender, and we see it as a spiritual gift. In a world that would destroy LGBTQ lives, our faith calls us to be an oasis, a place of safety and shelter, an inclusive religious community where we work for LGBTQ justice and equity as a core part of who we are. Together, we seek to be a home where we can say to everyone who comes through those doors, all of who you are is sacred. All of who you are is welcome. In that spirit, I invite Julie Swango to tell us some of her story and her experience of finding this house a place where you can be your full self.
2: Why me? That is a question I've asked several times recently. I had to ask that myself I had ask myself that question just as often as I had to ask it to others. Why me? Why did you choose me for this? But specifically today, why am I speaking to you? It's complicated and it's obvious. <clears throat> Let's start with the obvious reasons. The obvious parts mostly have to do with convergence, the merging of related but separate events. First, today is the International Transgender Day of Visibility. Second, UU World recently published an article called After L, G, and B. This article sparked controversy with several prominent people speaking out against the article. And third, this is a service about LGBTQ people, and I'm transgender. It seems reasonable to hear from LGBTQ people in this service. As I prepared for today's service, I struggled to unpack the complicated parts of the question. Why am I speaking to you? I've known many of you for over 15 years, some even more. Some of you I've known since childhood, adding to the complexities. My children attend this church, as does my former spouse. Through the years, as a congregation, we've shared so much together, and we've grown together. How do I honor that? It's complicated. For my first attempt, I gave much thought to people in the church who had helped me and my family over the years. I created a mental list of people in the congregation who went out of their way to support us. I reached out to several of you, seeking permission to share events and positive experiences. But after writing drafts of what I would share, the words felt hollow and the dearness lost. Without the time and space to supply the context, I just couldn't make it work. Let me try this another way. I've been involved with this church since I was a teenager. I returned to this church in the early 2000s as an adult needing a religious home for my family. In 2005, 14 years ago, I took this church at its word that it was a welcoming congregation. The welcoming congregation statement was, and still is listed on the order of service each week. There's a plaque announcing this church was a welcoming congregation in the foyer. And there was a pride flag on the sign outside the church. In my mind, I saw no better place to come out as transgender, to be my authentic self. In early 2005, this congregation did welcome me as Julie. I still have the handmade card, signed with many well wishes for the journey ahead. As I look through its pages this week, many of the people who signed this are still here, many of whom helped me on my journey, a journey I'm still on today. 14 years ago, unknowingly, I challenged this church to be the welcoming congregation it claimed to be. At the time, I was so focused on my own journey that I didn't stop and consider if the church was ready to go on the journey with me. How do I honor that journey with acknowledging the hard parts? It's complicated. This congregation has been a tremendous support for me. We've journeyed together these years, learning from each other. We've worked on being in right relations with each other, even when we disagreed. But the journey isn't over. Why? The world continues to evolve around us. What it means to be a welcoming congregation today is not what it meant 14 years ago. To continue to be a safe space for LGBTQ people especially the youth, we must reevaluate what it means to be welcoming. Many LGBTQ people are challenging the models of gender expression and identity that I have grown comfortable with. Models that were formed by people of my generation, models that were hammered into shape to best fit the world that I lived in. For example, I struggle at times to comprehend the complexities around non-binary and gender-fluid expression. At times, I've been complacent, clinging to what I believe to be true about gender and resisting new ideas. In those times, I have fallen short in the efforts to be welcoming. Years ago, I challenged this congregation to journey with me. Today, I challenge you again. Let's take another journey together. Let's continue to grow together and ensure we truly are a welcoming congregation to all LGBTQ people. So why am I speaking to you? It's obvious, and because it's complicated. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Julie. Although Julie has been affirmed and welcomed here in this congregation, as a denomination, we're really not that far along in our work to be inclusive. It wasn't that many years ago that UU congregations would not call an openly LGBTQ minister, and even today our transgender clergy face discrimination frequently. Our of our 1,100 congregations, about 300 are not yet welcoming congregations. I don't know why. As Julie mentioned, there's also a controversy in the UUA right now about an article about transgender people in the most recent UU World, which is our denominational magazine. The article was written by a white heterosexual woman, and while informative, it was harmful to our transgender community because it did not center their voices The editor even chose to ignore advice from transgender people not to publish this article. We can't undo the harm that's been done to our transgender community, but we can learn from this incident how white supremacist culture can prevent us from being truly inclusive and renew our commitment to being a home for all people, including transgender people. Julie also mentioned our welcoming congregation status, which we earned about 15 years ago through educating ourselves and making a congregation-wide commitment to welcoming and including LGBTQ people. There is a welcoming congregation renewal program and there has been interest expressed in participating in this program in the near future. The program involves worship services, a study module, welcoming days of observance and financially supporting a welcoming project. As a congregation, we have an opportunity to take Julie's challenge to us to deepen our commitment to being an oasis of safety and welcome, a place where transgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, non-binary, genderqueer people can truly say, this is our house too. A place where on this transgender day of visibility and every day, we can say to transgender people, turn yourself into the real you, you can only discover by being other, voila, you're free. We can say to non binary gender queer people, we see you. We can say to people of infinite manifestations of gender who bring the rainbow spectrum to our world, we see you. We welcome your presence and the gifts you bring. This is your house, too. May it be so, and together it is ours to make it so. Let's take a few moments of reflection. Kristen Collins says, We give to remind ourselves how many gifts we have to offer. We give to remember that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We give as a way of living out our values. Each month, this congregation gives away one Sunday's offering to support agencies, ministries, and organizations in the Kent community and beyond that serve those in need. This month's special offering is for the Kent chapter of PFLAG. PFLAG is a national organization that provides support, education and advocacy for members of the LGBTQ community, their families and allies. Each chapter is self-supporting and depends on the generosity of friends and allies. In the spirit of gratitude for the gift of one another in this community and the abundance that makes generosity possible, we now give and receive the offering as a sign of our shared commitment to the life and work of this congregation and social justice. Will the ushers please receive the offering? Actually, let's give a round of applause to our folk orchestra, and to Julie. Thank you, well done, well done. These are the words of the Reverend Teresa Soto. Dear trans, non-binary, genderqueer, and gender expansive friends and kin, let me explain. No, there is too much, let me sum up. You are not hard to love and respect. Your existence is a blessing. Your pronouns are not a burden or a trial. Your body really and truly belongs to you. We will find the people ready to be on the Freedom for the People way. Your joy and complexity is beautiful. Keep to our shared tasks of healing and getting free. And now blessed by this time together and renewed in our commitment to be the Freedom on the People way, let us go forth in joy and in hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.